Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silverbridge Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus also of Nicolay Bible Institute. Silverbridge Ranch is the same campus as Nicolay Bible Institute, which is our one-year Bible college program that we host here on site. And so we have anywhere between, I would say, on average 20 to 30 students that yep. come and hang out with us for the year. They take uh, several Bible classes that earn college credits throughout the week. And then on weekends, they help us um, as we push them to dive into service and learning how to serve within the context of camping ministry. And yep. so it's it's a mix of, of education, of life skills, of learning how to serve and dine to yourself, but then also being mentored because we pair them up with uh, staff members and, and local church leaders to be encouraged and mentored in their in their walk with Christ. That way, whatever they decide to do after their year here, whether it's going into ministry, whether it's going into uh, any other full-time vocation or even just going back to who knows where, they at least have a solid biblical foundation. Um, and the cool thing is that if they do go on to further education, many of the credits that they earn here while at Nicolay Bible Institute transfer on to other institutions. So Absolutely. they can save some money along the way. Um, you know, so if, if that interests you, org. And you can find out more. Yeah, and you're a professor, Dave. I am. I know I'm totally biased, but... What makes a professor a professor? Um, he professes things. Oh. And I profess things, so I'm a professor. There you go. It's not that hard. And, <laughs> and all the professors are, are screaming into their radios right now, trying to figure out, who is this guy? He's not really a professor then. Yeah. But really, I would think that's what it would mean. Seems like hoity-toity instead of teacher. Yeah. You're not a teacher, you're a professor. <laughs> it's a hoity-toity teacher. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, I would say, you know, again, I'm biased, but I, I think it's one of the most valuable things a young person can do in their lives is spend a year really getting to know God, know the Bible, mm -hmm. and learning what it is to serve God. No matter what their vocation is, they can be part of it. So if you are a young person listening to this, or you know people 25 years old or younger, I would say, why don't you give them the address to Nicolay Bible Institute, nicolaybibleinstitute.org, all one word. NicolayBibleInstitute.org, have them go take a look at it and consider coming to MBI for a year and allowing us the opportunity to pour into their lives and see if we can help them uh, focus on things. Uh, because really, in the long run, there's so much that has changed through history, but there's so much that's the same. You know, I think we, we tend to forget that things, sin is still sin. Right. All the way through history, people have been sinful and the sin has caused problems. Mm -hmm. So that's not new. How we sin creatively, whatever, that might be changing a little bit. They, you know, like lust isn't new. Pornography is somewhat new. Well, pornography isn't really new. It's probably been there forever. Uh, same it's thing. It's just the methods. It, it's just methods. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we think things could get worse. I think sometimes they can just get worse faster. <laughs> That's all. Mm. We figure out more creative ways to destroy ourselves faster. Yeah. You know, um, and maybe not. But I think the young people of today might be looking because they're used to looking at other people. That's one of the, 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 I think, the most dangerous things that has happened to people in your age group. I think they've actually learned to look at people because of the social media and other things and judge their life based on what others are doing. It's more comparison than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's dangerous. Now, it's not that it didn't happen because this is addressed in the Bible called envy, jealousy, uh, yeah, it's addressed. So it's it's not a new problem, but the acceleration of it, I think, with uh, internet and that kind of thing, and I think there has to be an admission uh, in order to fight it. You have to be able to say, okay, that that's dangerous to do, mm -hmm. because when you think of what God did for us, He made us 
He, he created us in our mother's womb. He, he knit us together. And then throughout the Bible, we're told about being unique. We're being a body part, being different than other people. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. We should be talking to God and thanking him for who we are. Right. And living in that context. And for some, that means you're musical. For some, that means you're not. For some, you're athletic. For some, you're not. Whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, and, and in the process, you let God you know, do what he wants with your life, and you enjoy who he is, and all of a sudden, life has meaning to it. Right, right. And even, even the impact of, of that comparison game is something that non-believers acknowledge. Right. You know, I mean, you look at um, articles by whatever, doctors and different things about social media now, and they're all admitting the negative effects that it has had, on, especially on young people. Yep. You know, and that's that's coming from a secular standpoint. Right. So it 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 must be saying something that I mean we see it from a from a biblical worldview and the negative impacts because of sin and all that, but for for non-believers to even acknowledge it, like it's like hello. Yeah. It, it's a wake up call. Absolutely. Now, you have a cell phone. Yeah. Your wife has a cell phone. Yep. Does your oldest son have one? No. Okay. And how old is he? He's ten. Have you ever thought about when he gets one? Uh, not for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't blame you. Why, why think about it until he bugs you about it, I guess. Right, right. I mean, and... and Are there kids at school that have him? Oh, yeah. His age? Even younger. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So my my uh, middle son just started second grade, but even last year in first grade, there was a couple kids in his class. So let me remind you that that is age six. And they have phones? Yeah. What do they use them for? Uh, I don't know. They, they obviously play games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know that. Yeah. Um, but I, I read this, this, this statistic. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. That was a, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've got the, caught in your teeth. And I, I can't yeah. remember what, what source it was. So I apologize for that. But within the first month of a child owning their first smartphone, they're exposed to pornography. Wow. And you know, that becomes the norm, whether we like it or not. So at age five or six, whenever you decide or a parent decides to give a, you're acknowledging the fact of the potential of embracing that statistic and saying, I'm okay with my son or daughter being exposed to this within one month of them giving him this yeah. device. Regardless yeah. of, I mean, and I understand there's there's ways to, you know, guard it and put checks and balances on it that might prolong that one month. But still, knowing the exposure that they can have, and not only that, Look at all the red flags that even all the doctors are saying, let alone right. from the, the sinful things that they're going to be exposed to. Right. You know, that's the crazy thing. To now, me. do they make phones that just make phone calls? Oh, yeah. So why can't we give those to kids? I think that's great. Yeah, okay. I'm just wondering because, yeah. I mean, if, what I hear from parents sometimes, well, they need to get a hold of me. Well, why do you buy them a smartphone then? Yeah, you can still buy a flip phone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. get a phone that doesn't go on the internet and, and get it so that anytime they're on the internet, they have to do it in front of you. That's right. And I'm sure there's some of you out there that in a box somewhere you have those Nokia bricks. Yeah. I'm sure it still turns on. Yeah. You know, those things never died. That's right. <laughs> Maybe you could trade into a museum and get, what, get That's another right. phone. That's right. I'm sure somebody's willing to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> those were indestructible. <laughs> well, I just think sometimes, you know, I, I know kids might think you're cheating them, but you're not. I mean, to. Right. Uh, the, the thing pornography does, I think, in a very simplistic way, is, is teach people to use one another rather than love one another. Mm-hmm. And that demeans the creation. It demeans marriage. It demeans healthy relationship. 
And that's all Satan really loves to do is, is take the truths that are out there and, and distort things so that people think that the normative is to use and abuse people. Right. And, and somehow we think, well, that's not really using people. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. You're using somebody's son or daughter as, as, a, as a, a launching point for your own lust and your own you know, endorphins or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and we need to be careful that in, in our culture now, how you talk to your children about that's going to be important. I didn't have to talk to my kids about this when they were kids because there was no phones. Right. And computers were just starting. They weren't overly sophisticated. If you did browse for anything, it took you right. four hours. There were hours. no phones, tablets. And even, yeah, it's crazy, the exposure. Yeah. yeah. So now it's so fast. And, and, and the people who do it are so clever is how they get into your head. Right. You know, and uh, and even though we don't necessarily give them phones, we still have to talk about it. Right. You know, we, as parents uh, within our context, we we've decided to send our kids to public school, um, and so part of that, part of the education system, whether and they probably even do this in private school and maybe even within a homeschool context too. But like my my youngest son is now in kindergarten, and during school day, they each have a tablet. You okay. know, not all the time, but for certain things. And then even as they get older, my second grader and my fourth grader have, you know, whether it's Chromebooks or something else, too. And so technology isn't just a home thing. It's a, it's a thing that we have to talk about in general, whether I give them a phone or not. Right. That's now, in your home, do you take your phone and ever just turn it off? Uh, I put it on silent and put it, put it somewhere where it's okay. like it's there. So it's not the focus for your kids. Yeah. So if it's a focus for mom and dad, the kids are going to want the phone faster. Oh, totally. Like if, if my wife and I are on our phones, like our boys are around us looking at the screen or wanting to do this, that, or the other. And so we've learned, you know, and we try to be intentional of like, all right, let's just put this down and and focus. But you, you know, just said it. something about human nature. Yeah. You're looking at something, they want to look at it. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. How about a Bible? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, in, in this day and age, I think if my kids, if I had small kids like yours, I wouldn't be reading the Bible on a tablet. Right. And that, and I've intentionally, both my wife and I have physical Bibles to do that. Yeah. You know, there was a small phase where I'm like, I'll just read on my phone. And within a week, I quickly realized I'm not going to do this anymore. Yep. Um, I, it, I don't care about the apps. Yeah, because, you know. you know, most of the time, if you see somebody on a tablet, you're not thinking they're reading. Right. Oh, absolutely. Now, it may be that in my case, I am. Because I read on my tablet. Yeah. I read with a Kindle app, and I read. You know, I'm reading news. I'm, re- I'm reading something most of the time. Um, I don't have any games on it. Oh, wait, I do. I have. Uh, Ooh, what game does Dave have? Uh, no, it's not a video game. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> one of those, it's one of those games you could play on the table, but it's on here, and you could play it oh. between two. It's, oh, cribbage. It, something like no, that. Uh, you know, I mean, it's. it's a, I thought you were going to say, like, Sudoku or something. Oh, no, it's something like that, though. <laughs> So I do, you know, I'm a heavy gamer in that <laughs> sense. Uh, um, uh, however, you know, I, I think, for example, if I had a young child in my presence, I need to grab a physical Bible and open it so that they can see it. Uh, I almost bought another Bible. It was, it was, I was at a conference, and they had the super giant print Bible. The super giant print. I know. I, I was trying to figure out, what do you call this now? Because you have a large print. Yeah. Well, the next one up is super giant print. Wow. Yeah, my generation had to come up that with that. That must have been a beast. It was. The only reason I didn't buy it is because... It weighed too much. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure it would fit in the carry-on luggage. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, I mean, it, it's amazingly big, but boy, was it nice. I mean, the, the print was just jumping off the page at you. It was, it was very nice to read. So maybe I ought to order one of those and just have it so at my house, if somebody comes over, I can open the super giant print Bible. I mean, that they can a, read it from across the room. That brings a whole new meaning to man. That's a page turner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the sad thing is I actually found it comforting reading it. So that that was weird. Because, again, as you get older, I mean, your eyes just aren't what they used to be. And yep. so you're looking at things going. And that's why I like the tablet, actually. For me, it's a convenience. I can adjust the type on it. Right. And so all my Bible, all my study stuff. The other thing I found on the tablet for me is that all the Bible study stuff is so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it saves me a tremendous amount of time of having books open all over the place and looking for oh, things. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's just within the context of, of how you're how and when you're reading and, and, and who's watching. And that's what I want our listeners to understand is, you know, we don't want to say that using a Bible app is horridly wrong. Right. Don't hear us saying that. We're, we're talking within the context of your kids and them seeing you on the phones. And so if if... if if they can't look at you it, when you're reading your Bible, whether that's on your phone or not, and, and make a connection like, oh, this is their time to spend time with God. Right. Sometimes you need to be intentional to Absolutely. do it differently so that way you can model it to your kids. And that's Absolutely. that's the core of what we're, what we're talking about. I, I think the key is thinking like they think, thinking what they're thinking. Yeah. So uh, for somebody who's 8 years old, 10 years old, you get on your phone or your tablet, they're not thinking Bible. Right. So you got to think that yep. somehow. Same with in church. If you're sitting in church and they say open your Bibles and you grab your phone, what are most young kids thinking when you grab your phone? That you're not listening. Right. Yeah, 100%. So you're teaching them something. Now, you may say, well, they need to learn because Bibles are on. I understand all that, and I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying that example is a far greater teacher than lecture. Mm-hmm. And the things that you do as a parent is going to be far more important to shaping and molding your children. You know, you already, you and your wife will go and you'll serve at camp and she'll come and help you and, and your kids will be out there. And I've seen in your oldest son, he'll be out there, he'll offer to help if I'm doing something, he'll offer to help me or he'll offer to, now not everyone his age does that, mm-hmm. but he does. Well, yeah. there's a pattern he's following. He may not even know why he's doing it. He just doesn't know yet. He's got to get together with other people who are lazy or something. You no, know, he, doesn't. The, the, he doesn't have to do that. <laughs> no. I mean, if he does, then right. all of a sudden yeah. he's got an option. But yeah. the bottom line is, well, if you're around mom and dad and you're working on, like, the summer set for the summer, so is he working on the summer set for the summer. Or, um, you know, if, if you're helping do dishes over there or something, then he's helping do dishes. It's just the way the mind frame. But that comes from a pattern of watching. Yeah. I just encourage the Nicolay Bible students this morning to find couples that are up here that they can watch if they've never seen a healthy marriage, mm-hmm. to find them and look at it. Yeah. Because I can still remember as a kid talking to somebody. Now, my parents, I think, had a very, I, I would use the word docile. I didn't seem to yell at each other. I didn't, you know, they didn't throw plates at each other or anything. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I realized as I went to school, and I went to a pu- Chicago public school, that there were kids who had parents who threw plates at each other when they got mad because mm. they were just talking about it, you know, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Your parents actually throw plates? Wow. You know, and yeah. Well, as a kid, I thought, well, mine don't. Mm-hmm. That shocked me that there would be a place where somebody gets so mad they take and start breaking plates, uh, you know, however that is. 
Right. Well, the only way to really understand that you don't have to be that way if you're growing up in that environment is to go be around people who don't throw plates at each other mm-hmm. so that you can ask, what's the difference here? Yeah. And, and I encourage um, your generation especially because my generation can be dismissed as, well, they're, they're old already, so I mean, they act a certain way. But your generation, as, as you continue to model what marriage looks like and family looks like, invite people to just see it. Mm-hmm. That's all. And in the summer, you do. You have a whole program team that's, that's over at your house, and they see how you interact with your kids and your wife. And, yeah. and that's, that's part of it, believe it or not. It's not, some of you think, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm not. I'm not. No, it, part of it is putting on an example for people who need an example so that they can ask the questions, the, the contact. How did how did Jesus attract crowds? He just did life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't have PR people. No. He didn't have a social media group. No, he didn't have a social media group. He he didn't like when when they they attracted 5,000 for a meeting. Yeah. Did they put posters out ahead of time? No. So how in the world do you attract 5,000 people in that day and age? Mhm. So I, I've looked at that often thinking, you know, we keep thinking we got to tell people, what if you were so real in what you did mm-hmm. that that was the attraction? Yeah. I mean, if, if God walked by somebody and, and they were sick and they touched his garment, they could get well. Yeah. Well, that was different. Mm-hmm. So what if we lived our lives in the context of different? Mm-hmm. And we just invited people as they wanted to know why we were different. So my encouragement to you, and, and I know you do this, but you know, to love your wife like Christ loved the church and to do it in a way where young people that are around you can see that. Yeah. You know, um, I'm always aware of that when we have somebody over at the house. I am trying to honor my wife and treat her in a certain way. Because I'm not sure, because a lot of times there'll be ladies over there with my wife or, or something. And, and I just want to give an example of what it could look like. Mm-hmm. Because the example is more powerful than the words. And uh, so I encourage all those that are listening, you never minimize the example. But make sure you're getting in their head in a way and seeing what the example is. So if you're always reading the Bible on your phone, I promise you a 10-year-old is thinking you're playing games or something else on there. Yeah. So maybe you want to switch that yep. and get a book that flops open and looks like a Bible. Mm-hmm. Or, it, it, you know, the way you treat your wife or your husband in public, those are very important moments because people are struggling with relationships and they're looking for relationships at work. So what does yours look like? You know, I mean, and, and I'm not saying be fake. Yeah. I'm saying share your relationships. Your Share your life with people so they can ask the questions. And be careful to always think what they're thinking. And and I think you'll put your phones away more. We've talked about it somehow. Um, even we at camp and other places, we need to get better at making sure people just don't have access to it. Right. Absolutely. You know, I mean, because it's ruining people's lives. And we not we all of us need to start acting like it is ruining people's lives. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, you can have this and it won't ruin your life. True. Uh, I guess you can possess arsenic and it won't kill you until you eat it. Right. You know, but why possess it in the first place? Leave it off your fingers so there's no accidents that take place. Yeah. I think we're at that crossroad in America, where, in the world, where you have to start figuring out 
okay, how do we use these phones and these things as tools and not as something that ruins our life? Right, right. So, And I, th- I would say that with any technology. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't let it rule because there's something about just doing life together that everybody appreciates and that that can show more value in the development of our kids and the development of even who we are. Right. You know, is, is less screen time. I don't, I don't see anybody saying that less screen time is a bad thing. Right. At all. But there's more and more screen time that happens. Right. You know, and that's the thing we have to realize is, you know, I think it's slowly crept in over time by accessibility and ease and all that sort of stuff where it's just like we don't realize how much time is wasted and how much it impacts us. Because going back to what we were talking about at the start of the show is is all of it impacts the way that we view ourselves in our relationship with God. We become so self-centric right. through this comparison game that it's not healthy. Yep. Even subconsciously, we might not even realize it. And that's that's the crazy thing is the more that we view stuff, the more that without even realizing it, we're comparing ourselves to x y and z yeah not only that we are people who are learning to portray ourselves in in a manner that portrays things that we want to portray rather than the truth Mm -hmm. i mean it's really hard to portray the fact that you and i are just sinful people yeah that are enjoying the mercy and grace of god right and and you know to go if if i went on facebook and said i'm a miserable wretch saved by god and i I don't know how he can use somebody that's so talentless like me. And I would have all these rebukes on there. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't do that. But truth is, the reason I enjoy God's mercy and grace is because I understand my depravity. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not out on Facebook and telling everyone about my depravity. I just understand it. And people need to understand it. I mean, your boys need to understand. He only has boys, if you think I'm, right. I'm ignoring his daughters. Yeah, yeah. But your boys need to understand depravity. They need to understand that they are depraved. Yeah. Why? Otherwise, they'll never en- enjoy mercy. Mm-hmm. You can't enjoy something like mercy and not know what depravity is. So somehow they have to see it. And in social media, you know, it, the only people that are depraved are somebody other than me, and I'll point it out in social media. Mm-hmm. No, I'm depraved. Right. The, I'm the one that needs to enjoy God's mercy and grace. And so the, the uh, Satan, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, there is a God. We need to respond to him. Satan isn't even an atheist. I mean, if you're an atheist, I think it's the most foolish thing in the world that you can be. Satan himself isn't one. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would always admit that there's a God. He would love for you to say there isn't one, but but he knows there's a God. And we need to live in that context. And that's really what, what children need to understand. There's a God. And and you can just stop there and, and ask kids, like your son's old enough to, there's a God. He made you. He loves you. So how should you live then? Mm-hmm. Just leave it go. Let him think about it while he goes to sleep. Right. They're old enough to think through simple questions. I mean, he can get up later and say, yeah, you know, if there is a God and he made me and loves me, I should probably listen to him. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Now you're teaching your son a couple different things. You're teaching them logic, whether you th- realize it or not, and you're teaching them about doctrine of who God is and that kind of thing. And I love that. I, I would encourage all parents to be patient when they teach, to ask more questions than give answers, mm-hmm. and then to follow up on the questions and allow the questions to continue to guide their conversations with their kids. Because w- 
when you look at Jesus, too, how often did he ask a question and just leave it go? Yeah. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. um, he being the greatest teacher of all time, he was very dialectic in his approach. And, and, and the dialectic part was, I'm going to ask you, you know, uh, or I'm going to put it in a, in a phrase like the woman caught in adultery, let him who is um, sinless cast a first stone. And then he was quiet. And then at the end, he asked her a question. Where'd they all go? Mm -hmm. it's, that's how you get into somebody's head. Yeah. You don't get into somebody's head by only telling them things and lecturing them. Yeah. You actually help them learn by asking them questions. The reason we're afraid to ask questions is we want to control what they say. But if you ask questions and you're in an honest environment, you don't need to fear controlling what they say because your next question can keep going to where they come to the truth eventually through the questioning. For example, I could say, do you think this uh, pen was created? And you might be seven years old and go, no. Mm -hmm. All right, I know I got to keep asking you questions. Yeah. Because you don't understand the idea of creation, design, purpose. Right. Yep. And so I need to keep going with these questions because you're messing around or you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Now, you would say, oh, yeah, somebody, what do you mean created? Oh, do you know somebody made it? Oh, yeah. Uh, why do you know somebody made it? Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you've got this discussion going, Dad, this, that's silly. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows somebody made it. Really? Well, what if? What if I told you nobody made it? They would look at you funny, wouldn't they? Right. Well, that's the kind of discussion you should have, but look at the questions that led that way. Yeah. And so I encourage parents and uh, those who work with kids all over, don't don't think that kids respond just to lecture. Mm -hmm. uh, when I speak, I usually am full of rhetorical questions. And the rhetorical questions are, are there on purpose. I mean, they're there because you need to ask the question to get the brain engaged. Right. Um, and one of the favorite ones to do is with a pen. Or anything you're holding in your hand, by the way. Because you all know that nothing came into your hand by accident. It all came in and has a purpose and a design. Yep. Now you can ask other questions. Well, what if I want to use this pen for um, a hatchet? <laughs> now all of a sudden your kid's laughing at you. Right. Yep. And you go, well, I could, couldn't I? And go outside and try it. Mm -hmm. Just destroy the pen trying to chop a piece of wood. Yeah. And the, your son will never forget that. And he'll learn something from it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was trying to use something created to write for chopping wood. And then the rest of your life, you can tell your boy just by talking to him very quickly. And that's like a pen trying to cut wood, son. Mm -hmm. He'll know what you mean. Yeah. And uh, so I encourage parents to be more creative as far as how they teach rather than just lecture or even uh, a youth pastor or whoever might be right and I, I think it's important to have those those lessons with your family and just to talk and do life together and i wouldn't restrict it just to a certain time right you know i, I think one of the the biggest things that you said is is just model it all the time model it make it normal you know because then it becomes normal versus like oh let me tell you this in right this, in this specific time and and along the way you'll make mistakes you know because none of us are perfect and i think that that even is a time to model to apologize and Absolutely. say, you know what, I made a mistake, and to be vulnerable in that sense, because that will teach your children and those around just as much, 
And so the more that we can unplug and, and do relationship and talk through these things and model, I think the more that we can grow um, in our walk with God. But unfortunately, we're out of time. Our conversations go so fast. I thank you for listening to us. This is Jason Dave here on Younger and Older. I encourage you to tune in next time. Head over to silverbirchranch.org where you can listen to this podcast and previous ones as well. But for now, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.